Today we're going to start a new sermon series thought that's going to be connected with our home groups. The title is called Reset. Reset. There's a reset button. We're going to show up here on the screen. Don't you wish sometimes in life you could hit that reset button? Um, Have you ever been working on something, whether that be at your computer or maybe you're playing a game on an electronic device or maybe you're trying to get your cell phone out and send a message to somebody and, and all of a sudden the thing freezes up and you're like, no, right? And then all of a sudden you remember that Jesus saves and you should have too. And so you reach back behind and and you have to hit the reboot or the reset button. You know, there are times in life I wish that I could have hit a reset button. Go back in time, as it were, and delete or erase what's just happened. Unfortunately, in life, there's no erase, there's no delete. But I do believe that there can be a reset button as it involves us in our minds and us making a conscious effort to shut down our current mindsets and lifestyles and reboot, as it were, in making a change in us. And over the next several weeks, we're going to talk about those kind of things. Today, we're going to talk about this idea of resetting your attitudes. Week two, we're going to talk about the idea of resetting your relationships. Week three, we're going to talk about resetting your habits. And week four, resetting your focus. And finally, resetting your joy. We're praying that as we journey through this together, that the Holy Spirit will prompt you in the areas where you need to hit the reset button. We also invite you to join us again on Sunday night. It's going to be a great time in our home groups. It'll enhance this series in your life. So come, grow with us together as we do that, um, and join us on this adventure. Today we're going to talk about this thought of resetting your attitude, or I'll put it this way, attitude GPS. Attitude GPS. I love my GPS. It's an amazing thing. Actually, I have one that is just a GPS, and now since my son has taken my phone and made it work right. I actually have one on my phone now. It's awesome. The one on that is on my phone really helps me because if I'm driving around and I don't have the other one with me, I can just punch it in and Nigel helps me find where I need to go. Nigel's my Siri button. I have it set for male British person and that's Nigel. And so Nigel helps me in finding out where I need to to be. And 95 times out of 100, it gets me where I need to go. The other five times, it gets me in the area that I need to be in. But can I tell you something? My wife will attest to this. When I get lost, I kind of get irritable. (laughs) I know, right? You ever been somewhere and you just have no idea where you are and you just keep driving and keep driving and you keep driving and, and all of a sudden everything keeps looking the same. It doesn't matter. You're just trying to get a certain destination and you just can't get there. Your, your significant other, your wife is telling you stop and ask for directions. You're like, no, I know where I'm going. Bless God. I'm going to get there. Hallelujah. 
But the more that I keep driving around, the more frustrated I tend to get and the more irritable I get. And, and, you know, all those in the car with me, my family have learned that once we've been driving around for about 5, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, you just need to be quiet and let dad figure this out. Because he's just going to have to do that. And over time, you know, it's just because they kind of learn the hard way, you know, it's like, dad, isn't that where we just passed? Yes, it is. We can get there. GPS, I love GPS. Today we're going to talk about attitude GPS. Why is that? Because some of us are lost in our bad attitudes, and it's affecting us and those around us. It's affecting the kingdom of God because of our lack of perspective. And so today... We're going to get out our GPS, and we're going to reset our attitudes and get back on course. It said this. It said that a bad attitude is like a flat tire. If you don't change it, you won't go anywhere. Attitude, a bad attitude is like a flat tire. If you don't change it, you'll never go anywhere. Our attitude toward a certain person who gets under your skin, attitudes of certain situations that you lose sleep over, attitude of a job that just drives you nuts, attitude of a certain class or a teacher that makes life difficult, attitude of just the store where you wait in line forever, the restaurant where you just never get your food right, that those things that just creep in and they just give, oh, terrible day. I think you get the point. See, our attitudes affect every person, every situation, and everything in our life. And if we're going to have better attitudes, we need to look at this thought process today. I'm going to give you a few things today that might help you in changing or resetting your attitude as we look at this attitude GPS. The first place we're going to go in Scripture is in Psalm chapter 95. Psalm chapter 95 The first point of the GPS is this. We need to have an attitude of gratitude. An attitude of gratitude. Gratitude and thankfulness, if you'll read throughout Scripture, especially the Psalms, gratitude and thankfulness are reoccurring themes that happen throughout this entire Word of God, this entire Bible. The idea that we should be living our life with thanksgiving, living our life with a proper attitude. You look at this passage in Psalm 95, 2, it says this, Let us come before the Lord with thanksgiving and extol Him with music and and with a song. We are to be thankful to the Lord for all the great things that He's done for us. And your attitude reflects your worship. I'm going to say that again. Your attitude will reflect your worship. When we worship and when we praise in the Lord, we express our heartfelt gratitude and thanks and appreciation for God. Not only for what He has done, but for who He is. Let us come before the Lord with thanksgiving and extol Him or exalt Him with music and with a song. There are countless other scriptures that state the same thing. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. If you turn over to Psalms, uh, sorry, Philippians chapter 4. Turn over to Philippians chapter 4. We're going to spend most of our time right there today in Philippians chapter 4. 
If you turn over with me to Philippians chapter 4, and you even begin reading back at verse 6, verse 6, he's talking about this. He says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. In every situation of our life, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, presenting yourself and your request to God. I found it easier in my life to maintain a better attitude when praise is in my heart, when praise is in my mind, and when praise is on my lips. Did you know you can even drive without anger? You can wait for a train at a railroad crossing without anger. You can put up with your crazy neighbors with praise in your heart, praise in your mind, praise on your lips. I have found this to be true. I don't know if you've ever done this or not, but I'll be driving in my car. And typically, I'll either listen to talk or I'll listen to praise and worship music. If I'm listening to talk, I've found that Sometimes I don't have the same focus as I would if I'm listening to praise music. And so I put in a praise and worship CD, and I, if I start to sing with it, and I start to allow that to become part of my um, mindset, becomes kind of soaks into my, my spiritual mentality there, and, and I'm, I'm praising the Lord as I'm, as, I'm, as I'm driving, and all of a sudden it's a whole different day, isn't it? It's a whole different day. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. For he is good. You know, it's a whole different kind of day. Other than just, hey, get out of the way. What are you doing? You're nuts. <laughs> ah! Right? It's a whole different kind of perspective. And as we make this attitude and gratitude part of our daily worship to the Lord, it will become a mindset lifestyle that should, ev um, should be evident in how we treat others. It will also be evident in how we look at current situations and circumstances. Which leads me to this passage of Scripture in chapter 4 of Philippians in verse 11 through 13. Because I also think this. That the attitude of, of gratitude reveals godly contentment. No matter the circumstances. Verse 11. It says, I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this or all things through him, through Christ, who gives me strength. Paul says that I've learned what it means to be content, no matter the circumstances. You may not, you won't be able to control every situation and its outcome, but you can control your attitude and how you deal with it. Paul says, I know what it's like to be in need. I know what it's like to have plenty. I've learned the secret of being content. And what's the secret of contentment? It's to have an attitude of gratitude. 
It says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And I'm going to be kind of just throw this out there, and this might come as a shock. I think sometimes we take that verse, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, completely out of context. Because I think sometimes we think, well, I can lift anything, I can say anything, I can do anything, I can be whatever it is, I can do this. But that's not what he's saying here. If the Holy Spirit leads you, yes, you can do anything, go anywhere, be anything. But I think what he's saying here, the real context of this verse, deals with this idea of our attitude and our mindset. Listen, it doesn't matter what situation I'm in. I might have the kids sick. I might be under pressure from bills and things going on in my life. My work may be terrible. I might be dealing with the stress of my family or my friends. I might be having troubles in life. Or I might be on top of that mountain. So that whatever situation in life I'm in, because you see, life has these things that's called ebbs and flows. There are some days when you are on top of the mountain, and there are some days when you are on the very depths of the valley. Life has ebbs and flows to it. There are times when you feel like you're going down so fast, it's like you're on a sled and you're ready to hit the tree in a the ramp. There's a story behind that. First time I ever went skiing, and the last time I ever went skiing. I figured if God wanted roller skates or skis on my feet, he'd have put them there. Felt sorry because I'm getting my skis on. You're walking out in the boots, and you put your skis down, and I'm trying to get them on, and there's this girl in my youth group. I'm a youth pastor at this time. We're doing an all-night ski event. Angela, stand up just for a second. You don't have to come up here. Just stand up. It's okay. This girl's about Angela's size, and I'm about my size. <clears throat> She's standing right beside me as I'm putting, th- thank you, that's good. She's standing right beside me as I'm putting my skis on. Well, all of a sudden, one of my skis moved, and I had my boot in it, and it moved backward. And so the first thing, you know that thing when you're falling backward, the first thing you do is grab the first thing that's there. I grabbed a hold of that girl. And we both went down. Because how many of you know she's not holding me up? Right? That's my first experience. So I should have thought from the very beginning, this is not a good idea. But I was easily swayed, and they took me up, and they said, listen, this is what you need to do. It, was, it wasn't even like a real mountain. It was like one of those things of man-made snow in, in the foothills of Missouri. And oh, it's crazy. It's more like ice than snow. And and so they take you up and there's three different paths that you can choose from. And man, it was awesome. We got on that ski lift and man, the ski lift was great. It's just like taking you up and you're just like, this is cool, man. This is awesome. And all of a sudden the guy I'm, I'm with, he says, you know what? Don't go down the bunny hill. That's, it's just easier to go to the top and just go for it. All right, man, I'll take your advice. Let's do it. And so we get up to the top and there are three different ways we can go. If you go to the right, you go down the right, and it goes pretty hard, and then it takes a sharp 90 and comes down. I'm like, I'll never make that turn. The one in the middle, it's just straight down, man. And I saw my life flash before my eyes on that one. I'm like, I don't think I want that one either. So I'm like, this one over here is kind of gradual, kind of went like this. You kind of gain speed a little bit, and then it just kind of takes you down to the bottom. Well, I said, well, let's do this one. He says, okay, let's do this one. Didn't warn me at all. 
I get on my feet, and I'm on my feet, and I'm feeling really good about myself because I'm actually standing up. I'm not falling down. I'm standing up. I'm moving forward. I'm not really doing anything crazy, but I'm, I'm going. And all of a sudden, we're in this thing. I'm, I'm going up, and we got to make the turn. I look the turn. I look down, and there's a ramp. And I wanted to kill the guy that I was with. And I'm running down, and we're hitting this and down the ramp, and, and all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, you've got two decisions here. You can hit that ramp and die, or you can bail out right now and save yourself. I chose option B. And I leaned it over, and I sat down, and I bailed out hard. My ski felt my boot detached from the ski. The ski's down the mountain, and I'm halfway up it, and, and I've got uh, snow ice rash on the side of my face, picked up my skis, turned them in and said, I'm done. That was my one thing for skiing. But I learned something that day. I learned this, that sometimes life feels like you're just heading up easy, man, and it's just really cool, and everything's going really great. But there are other times in life when you're going so far down, and there's a ramp that's right in front of you, and you just have to bail. You feel like you've got to do something. Life has ebbs and flows, but it's how we handle the thing. You may not be able to control every situation and its outcome, but you can control your attitude and how you deal with it. No matter if you're skinned up at the bottom or you're enjoying the ride, in all circumstances, no matter where I am in life, with certainty, I can say this, that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can handle this. I can change my attitude. I can change my perspective. I can do it through Christ who gives me strength. Not on my own strength, but on His. Asking Him for help. To have an attitude of gratitude and gratefulness in my life. The second thing is this. It's an attitude of positivity. An attitude of positivity. Let's be truthful. Nobody likes hanging around negative Nancys. When everything is wrong and things are terrible and that boil's been irritating you for weeks and your boss is just a real piece of work and the world is doomed, gloomed, and groomed to be in this terrible place that we live in. I'm not saying we should bury our heads in the sand and not pray and not bring God back into certain situations. I'm not saying that at all. However, there's a complete difference about just seeing the negative in all things and having it completely out of balance with the positive things that's going on around us. There's a quote that says this. It says, attitudes are contagious. Make yours worth catching. I have two tough questions today. Do you spend, much, do you spend as much time encouraging as you do tearing down? Do you spend as much time encouraging as you do tearing down? And then the second question is this. Do you spend more breath in praise and positivity as you do focusing on negative? Life is 10% of what happens to you and 90% of how you react to it. I think this links to what Paul is saying here in Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13, that we can have focus on our circumstances, on our world, on our nation, on our election, and it can become a very weight of negativity that rests upon us. <laughs> I heard this said on Facebook this week, I can't wait till the election's over so we can talk about who's having pork chops for dinner. 
Because if we're not careful, this whole weight of everything is, is weighting down on us and we feel that negativity of everything around us. But I think sometimes we feed into that too. I heard this challenge this week by um, uh, Andy Stanley. He, he said it's this. He was talking about the upcoming events in our nation and he was asking for adults to stop our negative talk about what, uh, what is and what could happen. <clears throat> and he said, why is that? And he said this, because you're scaring the children. Did you know that those younger generations, they hear you talking? And all of a sudden we say how bad things are, and man, it would never have been like this in the good old days. If you remember that the good old days weren't quite as good as maybe you thought? We'd have never had it bad, this bad in the good old days, and man, I sure wouldn't want to be you right now, living in your life. I sure wouldn't want to be having, raising my kids right now. Can I just say that this generation has the greatest opportunity to make a difference for the kingdom of God than, any, than perhaps maybe any other generation before it? Because every time the world thinks that they've stamped out the church, can I tell you the church rises up in power and anointing? Like never before, and revival gets breaks out, people get saved, people get delivered, people get healed, and amazing things, a move of God takes place, and it's not because of who wins the election, it's not because of human might, it's not because of human power, but it's by His Spirit, says the Lord. And while I do have a preference on what I would like to see happen in the election, I do not put my hope, I do not put my strength in the context of our government. It is not my hope, it is not my source. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Amen. Give the Lord praise. Negativity cripples our attitude in what we believe, and it also blinds us from what we see. I'm going to say that again because you might have missed it. Negativity cripples our attitudes in what we believe, and it also blinds us from what we can see. It clouds our perspective, and it brings in this idea of hopelessness. Negativity leads to doubt, and then brings us to a place of low or no expectancy. No expectations. Have you seen that happen in your life? I, I would ask for a, a show of hands, but I think everybody would, would be in this situation. How many of you have ever had a bad attitude before? Exactly, right? Doesn't it change your thought process? Doesn't it change your perspective and how you see things? And I think sometimes just by our sheer negativity, it gives us a slant on things that isn't necessarily true. It's just our negative outlook. And sometimes I think we just need to ask the question, is what I'm doing here giving all of my hope? Is, am I putting my, my life, am I trusting the Lord with everything of my life that I can honestly say that no matter what the circumstances, no matter what happens, no matter what the polls say, no matter what takes place, I can do all things I can accomplish with God on my side. He will see me through every circumstance. He will provide for my every need. I put my trust and my hope in Him, and He's the one who will bring me through. 
That's the one. Hallelujah. So this morning, we kind of have a question to ask, and that, and that thought process is this. Whose report will you believe? I choose to believe the report of the Lord. His report says that I've been bought with a price, that I'm not my own, but I belong to him. His report says that I've been healed. His report says that I've been free. His report says that I've got relationship with Him and that He will care for me. It says that I am His. And so whatever life throws my way, whatever the doctor report, whatever the election result, I can do it. I can make it through with Christ. He's going to give me strength. A positive attitude gives you power over your circumstances instead of your circumstances having power over you. Finally, GPS the attitude of a servant. The attitude of servanthood. And for several weeks in the last month, we've discussed this idea and this topic of servanthood. I believe it's a mindset that every believer should practice. I want you to turn back probably a page or so to Philippians chapter 2. Jesus epitomizes the attitude of a servant. He epitomizes the attitude of a servant. It says this in verse 6 of chapter 2 of Philippians. It says, Who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He took the very nature of a servant. I think sometimes with our attitude, we forget who we're supposed to be modeling. I think sometimes we think that we're better than we think we are. I think sometimes we believe all the applause and the accolades, when in reality, God's called us to do this, to be like Jesus. And if we are to be like Jesus, then we must take on this attitude of servanthood. It's an inner strength. It takes inner strength to be a servant. There are other passages that we hit. It's in Mark 10, 45. It's also in John 13. It's also in 1 Peter 4. You might talk about some of those tonight. But it takes inner strength to be a servant. It's a mindset. It's an attitude that's stated in Philippians. It's also stated in that passage in Mark. And if we maintain a selfish attitude and life becomes all about us and it exists for us, then we have totally missed God's plan for your life. You've totally missed God's plan for your life. Serving starts with a mental decision to put others first. 
to serve God. We put that fully happens when we put God first in our life. And as we grow in Him, He changes our life. And then we notice a change in our attitude and focus of serving other people. We're going to talk about in a few weeks this idea of, of renewing our focus. But part of that is fixing our eyes where they need to be fixed. And to change your attitude, that's part of this idea of fixing your eyes where they need to be fixed. Because it's so easy to fix your eyes on the things around you and let them affect your, your mentality. Let them affect your, your day or your demeanor. But when we fix our thoughts on Jesus and we take conscious effort to try to be more like him, when, when we maintain a selfish attitude and life begins for us, we've totally missed God's plan for our life. Instead, we need to reset our attitude. You've got to think about what life is all about, what it matters most. Oftentimes, becoming a person of gratitude and a person of positively, positivity will not happen unless we first submit ourselves to God and become more Christ-like, taking the attitude of a servant. When we are selfish in nature, it becomes reflective in our character and in our attitudes. Have you ever hung around selfish people? No point fingers. No, 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 no. That's not Christ-like. Have you ever hung around selfish people? Everything all becomes all about them, and the world revolves around them. And when that happens, all of a sudden we have our attitudes change, and life becomes about us. And if we're not careful, that will snowball into a bigger problem than where it is maybe even now, because that grows. So we need to take an attitude assessment today. Albert Einstein said this. He said, weakness of attitude becomes weakness of character. Weakness of attitude becomes weakness of character. A servant's attitude is not about power, prestige, or position, but servanthood and sacrifice. It is something that we should be giving our life to, not a momentary display of kindness or goodness, but an actual lifestyle of becoming a servant. We must understand also that this is a process. You're going to find this hard to believe, but it seems like whenever I do messages and stuff, God really hits me hard the week I'm preparing. So there have been times this week where I've really had to struggle with my attitude. There have been times this week when I really had to like, okay, you're preaching this Sunday. Go back to what you learned. GPS. And there are times when you have to just digest that. It's a process. Discipleship is a process. We grow in our walk with God, and that's a process. And as you continue to grow and keep your focus on the Lord, and you grow in your walk with Him, these things that we've talked about this morning, this attitude, thought process of gratitude, of positivity, of being a servant, those kind of things will be the byproduct of you growing in your walk with Jesus. And it takes time. Attitude adjustments don't happen overnight. They have to be willful, deliberate actions that set up on a regular basis in our minds and hearts. 
And oftentimes we have to keep coming back and hitting that reset button in our attitude. Attitude GPS to get you where you need to go because you're affecting the people around you with your attitude. And so it's time to hit the reset button and start. And for some of you, that's going to mean that you're going to have to just watch your conversations. You're going to have to watch the things that you say. For a lot of all of us, it's going to mean what are we putting in our hearts? What are we allowing in? What are the things that we, we focus on? Because we're fed all this negativity every day. Are you going to dwell on that? Are you going to focus on God and the things above? These three things, gratitude, positivity, and servanthood, are the three things that will assist you in resetting your attitudes in your life, in your family, in your work, in your church, and in your world. Would you bow your heads, please? Father, today, I don't think there's a person in here that hasn't struggled with this thought process at some point in their life. There have been times in our life when we have all had bad attitudes. There have been times when we have not been thankful enough. There's times when we haven't understood that, God, no matter what the things that are going on around us, no matter what the circumstances, we can do all things through you. We can make it through this, not in our own strength and not our own power, but by the strength that you give us because our focus and our strength and our power doesn't come from outside things because it's not by human might. It's not by human power, but it's by your spirit, Lord. So God, today, I pray right now that you would help us. God, if there are those here today that, man, negativity, they've been talking about this election with negativity for, for months now. They've been talking about the things that are going on in their family that have been so negative for months. And instead of speaking the life-giving thought processes of God and, and prophesying over their family and, and prophesying over their nation and, and God speaking truth and love and, and speaking the things, God, that you want to do, we're so focused on the negative that we forgot the positive and we're out of balance. And today we need to hit the reset button and reset our attitude. Maybe we're here today and man, we've come up with this thought process that life is just all about us. But God, today, God, we need to hit the reset button and get our life back in focus. You're here this morning with your heads bowed, your eyes closed. and I know we did this earlier, but I just feel the prompting of the Holy Spirit to do it again. You're here today, and in context of the word that was preached this morning, you'd say, you know what? My life has become all about me, and I need to hit the reset button in my life with Jesus. Maybe for some of you, this is starting a brand new relationship with him. For some of you, you've had a relationship with him, but man, you've kind of gotten away from that. You've kind of lost your focus, and tonight, today, you want to just hit the reset button. And say, God, I need to get back where I need to be. If that's you this morning, would you just slip up your hand right now? I want to pray with you today. I need to set the reset button. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank God for reset buttons. Amen. This morning, maybe you're here and maybe your attitude has been not so good. 
Maybe you've had a difficult time and you find yourself kind of lost in negativity. You find yourself lost in, in, the, in just the, 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 the gunk of your everyday life. And, man, you're just like, God, I, I, need, I, wanna, I wanna hit the reset button. I wanna change my attitude today. I wanna let praise and worship be in my mind. I wanna be gratitude. I wanna, God, I wanna be positive in my thought process. I wanna change this thought. I wanna have the mindset of Christ as a servant. And this message spoke to you, and you'll respond to the Holy Spirit by saying, yeah, God, I want to hit that reset button. If that's you, would you slip up your hand and just tap that reset button today? Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Yes. Tap that reset button today. Amen. Would you stand with me across this sanctuary this morning? Father, today, God, you know every heart of every person that's raised their hand today, and you know where they're at. And and God, I I pray as they've raised their hand and tapped that reset button in their life, God, I pray that you would help them, Lord. God, as they go to their scripture and they look for, God, help them to find um, places of thanksgiving and gratitude as they let worship be a part of, uh, make a conscious effort to make worship be a part of their everyday life. God, may that be part of, of transforming their attitude and positive thinking and positive thought processes and encouraging and whatsoever things are lovely and noble and trustworthy and true and God of good report let us think on those things as Philippians 4 8 says God I pray for those of us in here today that maybe we didn't raise our hand maybe we're in a good place right now we're on that ski lift heading up there's going to be a time when the ramp's going to be in front of us and we're going to have a bad attitude I pray we'd remember these things And don't let our attitudes consume us. But God, let us have the mind of Christ. Let us have his heart and his attitude. God, be with us tonight as we discuss this in our home groups. Be with us tonight as we um, have fellowship together and we grow together. Let the Spirit of God rest in each place. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.